Hi everyone, welcome to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. I'm Langdon DeMint. And I'm Julian Taylor. And welcome to our podcast. Hello, welcome to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. Welcome to the podcast. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, you'll see we're in yet another venue. We like to, to go on tour and to take you around the world. So this time we're in London and it's, it's good to be together. It is good to be here. A little tired, but good nonetheless. Langdon's flown in, bit of a flying visit, but we thought we'd take the opportunity to have a conversation whilst we're together. And I suppose today's a bit of a continuation, Langdon, of, of the discussion that we had on the last pod where we were talking about reporting and talking about changing the mentality within health and safety around reporting, which is... In many cases, it's become a bit of a rut, hasn't it? Yeah. And I think, you know, reporting, it's one of those things we've talked about quite a bit. And it's because it's just so crucial on so many different levels. You know, whether it's your regulatory reporting, whether it's your internal reporting, just to make sure that what's been seen out there, whether it's a hazard or a good, bad observation, whatever it is, it's, it's crucial that we have that reporting process because if we don't, we're not going to be able to proceed through any type of investigation or actually even knowing what's happening in the in the workplace. And I think so, that's something that, you know, talking to a lot of organizations lately, it's kind of fallen, honestly, it's fallen back to the wayside a little bit during the C word that must not be named. COVID. Yeah. Oh, that, oh, oh stop. Um, yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, I think when we think about reporting, let's just, save any confusion here because we use the word reporting it can become very confusing is that people actually reporting things we're talking here about how we use data and actually create reports and and and, and use those across an organization we said last time we, we we're lucky aren't we we talked to lots of organizations we talked to I, I think i've probably talked to thousands of organizations about this over, over my sort of period of time in health and safety um and and it's thinking about what do we actually report to the SLT? What do we report to leadership? I know we, I'm, I'm going to say we, you love to talk about the maturity scale. Um, and, and the use of data is really important, isn't it? If we're going to actually move ourselves along that scale. Yeah. And I think we see, <clears throat> depending on what type of culture it is, what type of organization it is, you see various levels of how much data they're able to get, what type of reporting from that aspect or, or senior leaders even looking at. And then you, you go down the road of, are they wanting to actually look at more of a, a learning indicator? So pre-incident investigations or, um, or even a good, bad observations. And that's when we start seeing organizations that have that. You start realizing that typically they're on a different level of maturity than others. You know, a lot of the smaller organizations we work with, they, I would say they're a little more on the back end because, you know, incident management, we've talked uh, in length about that. Incident management is crucial. I mean, you have to have it, especially from a compliance standpoint and learning from the lagging indicators and such. But it's when we really try to transition and move the dial more so thinking about it from what better analytics can we can, can we give to our leadership team so we can hopefully have a more preventative mindset? And likewise, what, what are leadership, what are they asking for? And there's a lot can be very telling depending on what 
do you have a time slot in a senior leadership meeting? What are they requiring or what are they asking for from a, from a data analytics aspect? And that can be very telling as to honestly what type of maturity model or what type of organization maturity you have. Yep. So we get this flow of data coming from the engagement that we talked about. What we talked about last time on the pod, and I think it's really important, is to shake ourselves out of that routine of, of what we actually report on and who we report to. And we've got this tradition, haven't we, of, of reporting into senior management once a month, and, and, and we do it about incidents. And, and we talked about that last time, didn't we, and said, if we do that, people think about safety, seriously think about safety once a month. Um, Lightning, let me ask you a question. What did you do yesterday? Seems like an eternity ago, but <laughs> it's been a long day. It has. Um, had a couple of meetings, and then starting at noon, I pretty much was flying until this morning. Cool. Can you change anything that happened yesterday? Only with a flying DeLorean. Back to the future. And, and, and you don't actually own, no. I'm not going to call you Doc Brown, you don't own a DeLorean, <laughs> yeah? Um, and, and I think that was the sort of, that was kind of a bit of a light bulb moment thinking about this pod was we can't change what happened yesterday, but we can start to affect the future. So again, it's stressing about how we can move from this focus on lagging indicators to one of leading indicators. Um, and, and we can learn from lagging indicators, of course, but, but they can't actually change what's happening. Yeah. So I think, what we want to do is move away from this obsession with history and let's change the mentality of the, of, of the people we work with to help them to understand the value of, of, of leading indicators. Um, well, and I think, you know, to that point, it, it, lagging indicators are crucial, no matter how you look at it. Um, that's the trending, that's what's happened, that's, you know, HSE, BLS, wherever you are. If there is a pretty... I'd say uh, pretty compliance, at least based, meaning there was some level of compliance. That, that's a very, I mean, that's applicable across the board. ILO does a ton of tracking. So you're able to garner a lot of insight from that because we've seen where things are happening and where potentially some predictive uh, can come from that. But it's when we start transitioning more to thinking about it, we know what's happened, that's in the past, but what could happen? What type of leading indicators can provide insight into better reports? That's when we start thinking or seeing a, a difference within our organizations. And that's what we want to, that's why we always encourage to, you know, yeah, look at the past, learn from the past, but let's see what type of elements we can learn from in the future that could potentially predict and prevent something from occurring. It's not always easy, is it? No. I mean, when you say to people what are lagging indicators, most people go, boom, that's, we, we know what they are, don't we? You start thinking about leading indicators, beyond the obvious, it's not always so easy, is it? Um, and, and, and what we're trying to do is think about how we can think beyond just reporting on things like hazards. I think as an organization, you're probably already doing lots of things that could be categorized as leading indicators. So things like proactive risk management, things like preventative maintenance. Yeah, those things are all in there. Um, and, and I can't take credit for, for what I'm about to talk about. Um, but I'm going to call out the Campbell, Campbell Institute in, in North America. Um, and they do some great work. And I'd encourage people. In fact, I'll probably 
what we'll probably do is put some links into the Campbell Institute, um, in, into the sort of blurb underneath the pod. Um, they've got some great papers all about leading indicators. And, and when they talk about it, they talk about three key areas. Um, and that's operational, operations-based, system-based and behavior-based leading indicators. Um, and I think that's quite a nice way to talk, think about it, isn't it, Landon? Yeah, and it keeps it pretty, you know, from that perspective, it does, it keeps it broad. You know, you think your operations, so your risk assessments, uh, you're more some type of, uh, maybe it's prevention through design or whatever you're looking at them in true operational. Then you think of it from the systems base, so what, you know, like your hazard identification. And then obviously behavior base, that's the leadership aspect, are they going through what type of positive, good, bad behaviors are being uh, being monitored? And there's so many, you know, even to that, that we can look at from a leading indicator standpoint, or even what type of positive KPIs that you could even honestly kind of correlate. You know, one that I think is very, I'd say, under underutilized is the aspect of what critical elements for like SIF potentials, things like that, that we don't always, we don't always consider. And that's an element that, you know, I know I've talked before and we have as well about falling off a ladder. Well, falling off a ladder onto, you know, concrete, if you're four rungs up, we just usually think, oh, that's, that's fine. Depending on what it is, that's a SIF you know, it's a serious injury fatality um, potential. So even start documenting those and how many times do we look at it for more than it is because it's just the mundane or, or routine of what we what we consider when it comes to incidents. So, you know, I think that's um, it's a very broad focus, but there's a lot of areas where it can fit within. And, and the Campbell Institute have got people far cleverer than me, and, and I'm going to be really rude here and say far cleverer than you, Langdon. Stop. Uh, um, but yeah, there's some great content in those papers. But I really like that behavioural side of things. And and actually, are, are people engaged? Are simple things like are they actually attending things like safety meetings? Are they attending things like safety briefings? Um, and and again, how can you start to capture as an organisation not just have they attended, have they actually understood it? Yeah. So what are the sort of processes, systems you're going to put into place to? to be able to sort of capture those kind of metrics. Um, and, and I think other things that Camel Institute talk about is, is, is sort of, yeah, making these things a, a sort of organizationally wide approach, but also having that discretion to say what needs to be site specific. So actually, what do we need to think about in terms of specific parts of our organization? what do they need to maybe capture that's slightly different from other parts of the organization? Yeah, well, and that's a, that's a whole other aspect also. We think anytime we try to blanket whatever our leading indicators are, that can cause, that can cause some speed bumps because you have to be very site-specific, maybe even location-specific within just to make sure what, what pains are they having, what issues are they having. So how can we actually construe that to make sure that it is aligned to one organization versus another facility. And I think the more that we do that and align to that, again, that's that's when you start that site specificity of actually learning from what is happening within their own organization there. Yeah. I think I think the other thing I was going to say is it, it, this: it can be quite intimidating to, particularly people who are newer to the profession, 
to actually try to get this up and running. Um, and, and there can almost be a p- bit of a paralysis because they don't know where to start or how to start. And, and I think, again, another thing that's talked about in, in, in the Campbell Institute papers is, is actually don't be scared to start small. You don't have to try and conquer the world in one go. Yeah. Um, so actually maybe pick something simple and easy and maybe something fairly small but actually start to build your culture through getting people reporting things and then starting to create that cycle of people reporting things. And then the most important bit is actually demonstrating back to them that, A, you've received that information, but also you've done something with it. Yeah. So something like the classic hazard spotting reporting. The thing I always talk about is that it's, it's, to me, it's relatively straightforward to start to get people to report the hazards that they've seen, it's then sort of incumbent upon you to do something about those hazards, but then have some form of reporting back. And again, this is the differentiator between that classic reporting mentality that we've talked about before of once a month to senior leadership, actually report back to other parts of the organization. So actually make that data available to anybody in the organization so they can see that actually if I report something, it has a positive benefit on me and, and on my colleagues. And that's where safe operations is so crucial. When you think about it from the aspect of integrating health and safety within the general operations, the productivity, the quality of the organization, every department you start seeing, that's where changes can really be made because health and safety has to be ingrained in every one of those. You know, we hit, of that, hit on that a lot where it's more than just thinking of health and safety and then everything else. But when health and safety is within all aspects, and that's why reporting is so crucial on the onset and the very end, because what we get in is going to then be able to give us the analytics we need for the output so we can learn, so we can have better better uh, insights into what's happening in the organization. And that's why it's so crucial to really Im- embed health and safety throughout. And I think, I mean, we, we were talking at an event the other day, weren't we? And it was all about safety culture and we're saying stop talking about safety culture and actually kind of we've got a bit of a mantra which is replace the term safety culture with safe operations because safety culture inherently is kind of this separate thing that doesn't always affect the rest of the business and I think your point's a really good one which is part of the planning around data and around how you're going to use that data to drive improvements is it's not just which levels of the business we want to have it, have access to it, but also where in the business. So those other teams, those other departments, can we draw them in? Can we involve them in deciding what metrics we want to use? But then make sure that they've got the data accessible for, for their day-to-day conversations once we've got things up and running. Um, so we still want to collect lagging indicators but we want to get that focus on leading indicators we want to get that focus across the organization and i think part of the planning you can do as well is actually that incorporation of it into your management system so when you think about the sort of refinement which is a, an ongoing thing of your safety management system where are those leading metrics and and, and how do we make sure that they're just a part of that understanding um, and again, really importantly, we talked about it last week, is, is training people. So let's train people so that they understand the value of the metrics, they understand why 
there's a personal value to, to sort of contributing towards those, those, that data, um, but then also making sure that they've got that feedback loop so they can see the value of it. So I suppose some key takeaways is, is really have a focus on leadership. So make sure that they're bought in, make sure that they're supported, make sure they're sort of underpinning what it is you're trying to do. Spread it across the organization. So think about the other teams, the other departments, so HR, operations, logistics, whoever it might be. How can we involve them? How can they sort of contribute towards these leading indicators? Um, and, and make sure that you've got that great feedback mechanism. And I think, thinking back to a comment we made earlier about starting small, um, I suppose finishing really with a really important point, which is don't expect to conquer the world in one go. Um, it will take time. It doesn't happen overnight. If you think about any kind of change management, any kind of culture change that an organization gets involved with, it takes time. So don't be disheartened if it doesn't happen straight away. You've got to keep plugging away at it. And it takes that whole, I mean, just what you said, buy-in, yes, from leadership, but then from everyone throughout. Yeah. You know, when you go through an overall change management process, that's a that's a big undertaking. And really, yeah. the more you try to instill health and safety, that's what it is. It's elements of that process to really refine the overall. So just you know, ref, be reflective again and insightful into your own organization so you can understand where can we maybe make these fine-tuned little tweaks. But maybe it's, you know what, we need to get rid of this process because it is, it's wrong. We need to get something totally new. Um, whatever it is, I think that's when we start seeing positive changes can be made. And there's a couple of subjects we'll probably talk about in future pods that support this. So we'll, we will talk about, cult, uh, talk about coaching. Yeah, and we will talk about this thing called marginal gains, and both of those things are, are sort of approaches that will help and support this this process change. So, Langley, I'm going to leave it to you to just sign us off. Well, Jules, I enjoyed our time together, and everyone, we'll see you next time. We will be apart from one another again, but we'll still be good. So, we enjoyed your time and appreciate you listening in, and look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, everyone. Hey everyone, really appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. Please follow and subscribe to wherever you stream your favorite podcast or visit us at evotix.com. And if you want to see how follically challenged we really are, come and check us out on YouTube. If you've got value from the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and in the review section of this podcast, if you could leave us a review or a rating, that would be great. And as always, everyone, while you're going about your days and about your normal lives. Stay safe out there and watch each other's back. <laughs>